You're listening to the Rodolfo Rivas Project. My dad has had big conversations with other people around the world and here in Geneva. He loves it and he's all crazy about it. Remember to have fun listening to it, the Rodolfo Rivas Project. And the current president uh, went into the office and he... he uh, proposed me the possibility to be a secretary of the Czech Arbitration Court, which is uh, on a day-to-day basis the, the higher function, highest function here. And uh, of course he said, there are some disadvantages uh, for you. You are young, you don't have so many experience. But uh, he told me, I, I have this experience with leadership. I know how to lead people and I will teach you if you want to. So he is another mentor of mine and um, his uh, predecessor was uh, Professor uh, Maria Karfikova, who was my another mentor and and she helped me also a lot because uh, I knew her from school because she was uh, head of uh, financial law uh, at Charles University and then she became a president at the Czech Arbitration Court. So Uh, I had so many great people that are able to help me with this that I was not so afraid, only a little bit. <laughs> that was Lenka Nachlovska, secretary of the Czech Arbitration Court and head of domain name dispute resolution. I am Rodolfo Rivas and this is my podcast. Welcome to it. During my recent trip to Prague for the panelist meeting, where I had the privilege of making a presentation, I wanted to get Lenka on the podcast. I've known Lenka for a while, and working with the Czech Arbitration Court through all these years has been a pleasure. Lenka has been doing a great job in growing the center, with yearly growth and the recent launch of the new platform. But this is her work. I know there is much more beyond that. We talked about growing up in Prague, law school, and how she got involved in arbitration, domain names, and teaching. It was great talking to Lenka and hearing about the plans for the Czech Arbitration Court. So stick around. I am confident you will enjoy this conversation. Subscribe. You won't regret it. The Rodolfo Rivas Project is available on all major platforms or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Please help by spreading the word, recommending us to your friends or enemies. A small act like like and subscribing and or reviewing is greatly appreciated. Thank you. travel with this uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable Lenka uh, it's nice to be here in Prague specifically in the offices of the Czech arbitration court thank you for having me yeah thank you for having me I'm so pleased to, to talk to you I we had like a really great panelist meeting uh, a few days ago yesterday and the day before so I want to talk about the Czech arbitration court But I also want to hear a bit about you. You you were telling me before that you were born here in Prague. Yes, that's true. I was born here. Uh, and when I was about four, my parents moved to, to the country. But it's like 20 kilometers from Prague. It's not like we left Czech Republic at all. Um, and I was raised there and moved back to Prague to study university and stayed here from then from since <laughs> <laughs> and how was uh, life growing up in Prague like uh, at that time oh well Prague is beautiful city yes. uh, I don't know uh, ever uh, everybody I talked to who visited Prague loved it and sometimes when I go abroad and come back to Prague I say oh my god Prague is so beautiful <laughs> so <laughs> it was great it's very lively city uh, it has yes. so many options and uh, The culture in Czech Republic is really turning around theaters and, and yeah. music, so it's very nice. Uh, and um, we have great food, and um, I loved the college life. I loved to be a student and to have so much so much time <laughs> to do whatever it, I want. It's it's it gives me like a feeling of like a very bohemian city, like uh, artist, like. Uh, Like just walking down the street, like you get that feeling. 
Was yeah. that like, is that something that really speaks to you? Yeah, yeah, uh, it does. I'm not so much cultural person. I, I, I'm not enjoying so much of a theater, but I love music and I love the life in the streets. That's why uh, I also like to visit Southern Europe because they are similar in this way. They have, uh, they have I, I don't know, some passion for life. And yes. th that's what I share. Uh, and um, I don't know, I just, there is something about Prague that always uh, catch my heart. So. I mean, you were saying that you're not cultural, but you were telling me that you read, and one of the, the key figures in literature is, is from here. Yeah, <laughs> some, some of them, yeah. yeah, that's true, that's true. The Czech uh, literature is uh, well known around the world. Um, but growing up, like, you're a lawyer, is that correct? Yes, I am. What inspired you to become a lawyer? Well, uh, my father was a lawyer, <laughs> and was the, that was the start. And I always loved arguing with him <laughs> during <laughs> <laughs> breakfast. And, uh, what, what kind of law did he practice? Uh, he did uh, business law, so uh, entrepreneurs, etc. And uh, that was always on my mind that I might be a lawyer, uh, that I might be good at it because at high school I had good grades and uh, I loved arguing about things. I, I went to the clubs where we argued and uh, it was great. Uh, but I had like so many other things I would love to do. And uh, I wanted to be a vet. I wanted <laughs> to be a, a journalist. There was several things, but my aunt is a journalist and she said, don't study journalism, go study something else to and be a you professional. Can a uh, you can become a journalist, of course. So uh, I, I turned so many things around and I love to get to know things. So uh, I always was excited about something, but in the end it was law that, that catched me. And uh, I, I went to the uh, Charles University in, here in Prague because we have more options in Czech Republic and good options. Uh, but I somehow wanted to stay connected to my family because we were very close always. So. That was the only option for me, really. And when you were in law school, what were some of the topics that you found interesting? Yes. Or what type of lawyer did you think you would be? Yes, that's uh, another thing. I always uh, preferred criminal law. So I, I studied criminal law. Uh, the, the main course of law in Czech Republic isn't specific. We study everything. Yeah. So uh, I had part of uh, business, part of criminal law, part of labor law, etc. But I also went on to study a doctorate. I, I went to study a PhD and uh, I was... I, my my uh, specialization was criminal law, so that's it. That's uh, very different from the CAC and the Czech Arbitration Court, arbitration. I hope. <laughs> and IP. So uh, I had like two main uh, main interests uh, in my life, and uh, I always thought that one day I will become a judge uh, in, ah. in in criminal law, to be specific. Uh, but. The ways led me another directions. And what was specifically, because I also, when I was, well, I think like when you are young and you think about law, like one of the things that you think about the most is criminal law. Like it's like automatic. That's where, and at one point I also wanted to be like a criminal lawyer. I eventually decided that that was not for me, but what was, what appealed to you from that uh, field of study? Um, well, I always, somehow, I, I don't know, I felt that... Uh, I understand the criminal law from the nature of, of, of its, you know, work. Uh, and uh, it was always systematic. And, and unlike the, that there was exact rules. And uh, I, I think that the society needs uh, people who, who are uh, both uh, empathic and, and understand the situation of other people, but both know the rules. Uh, and I... I somehow thought that I, I would be good at it, that I would understand the people, but still be able to pursue the, the needs uh, of the criminal law, which is to punish uh, people who are doing wrong, wrongdoings. And, and uh, somehow it, it got me and I liked the system. And in Czech Republic, we had a very complicated history uh, regarding uh, criminal law because we were a communist country uh, a long time and a lot of people were punished for their beliefs and uh, what they are saying and you know we are 
even though we like to think about ourselves as a Western country, uh, we still are uh, very influenced by by every every Eastern polis, policy that, that there is. And, and now, when we see the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, uh, we tend to feel it very strongly because it's something we have, or my parents lived in. I, I was born to Czech Republic without a communist party uh, in it, but uh, my parents and their parents lived in a very complicated time. And I believe that we we somehow feel strongly about this, um, you know, injustice. Yeah, there's still scars. And like, even in the streets, like even now, like you can still see it. Like uh, there's a lot of, expressions of sympathy and support uh, yes. everywhere everywhere that i walk like i saw it yes yes i i believe that it touched uh, us and of course polish and slovaks uh, not just czech republic but those those countries are very touched by this situation m even more than the western countries yeah. i believe um you were saying that your phd was on on criminal law yes on what It was a corporate crime. Uh, I, I was uh, trying to investigate the best prevention measures in corporate crime. Uh, so uh, mostly it was compliance. And this is the part which I can take and also ap ap apply here in Czech Arbitration Court because compliance and ethical conduct is, is um, you know, it's everywhere. And it, I was really interested in this topic. And how do you go from that to to now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another story. Well, I was student. A lot of us had to work, you know, to have some some small job uh, during the studies. Even though we don't have to take loans, we have a public school. Even the university is public, but still, you will have to make a living if you don't want to live with your parents anymore. And uh, I started to work uh, as uh, administrative help here the Czech Arbitration Court because my mother at the time was a case uh, admin uh, here so she found oh, me a job and okay. and Czech Arbitration Court was a huge back then they, they had about 30 employees so I was on a different uh, different uh, area of things but uh, she she found me the job and uh, I started as administrative help so I was at reception and then I moved to economical department to do some some uh, uh, economical stuff and uh, I was here during the studies and during I, your PhD uh, or even before even before yes. during my magister uh, degree so at first I didn't know no law at all I was only like a help but uh, I started to get to know the system the law and also the ADR and uh, my predecessor, the secretary, and also the uh, previous domain name uh, administrators were a great friends, actually. And they, they taught me a lot. And uh, secretary, she was, uh, she was elder, so she was not exactly a friend, but uh, she gave me great guidance. Like a mentor. Yeah, like a mentor. And... Uh, And I listened to her, and uh, she took took me as her deputy later on. When I finished the magister degree, uh, we have something like uh, we don't have LLMs and uh, etc. We have magister, then juris doctor, and then PhD. Who wants to to continue? And uh, I, I was her deputy at the time, and I started the doctorate. And I, I thought, uh, I will keep this job. It, it's very interesting, great people here. I will also do the PhD. And when I finish the PhD, I will go on with the criminal law career. To become a judge. Yeah, <laughs> to become a judge, exactly. <laughs> and somehow, uh, at the time, the uh, Yitka, who was my predecessor at Domain Name Dispute Resolution, uh, she left. And... Uh, the uh there was nobody who to took took it to take it from her uh we had one another employee but he wasn't any good and nobody he, nobody 
knew what to do with the with the system. So they said, "Oh, Lenka, you should do it." <laughs> and I said, "Okay." <laughs> but at that so... point, like you, you had like your mindset on yeah. doing criminal law. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't want to take another agenda because I knew it will be too much uh, work. Uh, I still was the deputy here on arbitration, and uh, that was something I knew. I was uh, I was confident in. And I wanted to pursue the criminal law career, but they said we need you. You 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 have to do it somehow. And I said okay, it's a you know it, it's interesting. Uh, and I, I at the time I I never worked in English really, so I said okay, it's great. I will learn the language more to to talk to people and and stuff. And that. and I started in uh, 2019 uh, to uh, to be the head of the uh, domain and dispute department and. I just somehow came to love it. It, it was really? it was great. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, I I read f first decisions and I didn't know what it was about. It was like when I think about it back then, I didn't know anything about it. I knew some trademark law, of course, from school, uh, but I I I was I was you know, really at the beginnings. But I started to love it, and then uh, Peter Hostage, who is a part of the board of the Czech Arbitration Court told me that uh, I should host a panelist meeting. <laughs> and and that was, was your first panelist meeting, yes. like just a few months after you started? Yes, yes, that was. That was my first panelist meeting. I said, oh my God, that's, that's terrific. <laughs> I, will, I will, you know, host the panelist meeting from panelists all over the world and I don't know anything about the topic. So I really uh, spent the summer reading uh, oral articles and decisions and everything. So I, I learned the stuff and... Uh, since then, I, I really love the job, and I, I, I. That was my second panelist meeting. Uh, <laughs> really? I had been here before okay. once, and you telling me it was your first. I, I wouldn't have even known. Like it went so smoothly. <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you. It was my first. I was like terrified. This year, it was a piece of cake uh, <laughs> compared to that comparing one. to that one. Yes. Well, I, I think it was a success then, and this just last one was also a success. But uh, so it sounds like the history of the arbitration court like goes a long way. Can you tell me a bit about the the history of the arbitration court? Because yeah. it's it seems that I mean this is now a part of what they do, domain names, but they've been doing other things for a long time. Yeah, it's true. Uh, well, actually, the arbitration court uh, was um, enacted in 1949, so we have over 70 years of history. Uh, the name changed a bit, also the political situation changed a bit, but even though Czech Republic was the communist country, uh, we have a very strong uh, international arbitration forum here. Uh, and actually a lot of international trade uh, arbitrations took place in Prague and uh, a lot of great people some of of them i had the pleasure to m meet and to know uh, worked here and uh, cultivated the arbitration in czech republic for so many years and then when the revolution happened and the czech republic divided from the slovak republic uh, this arbitration court somehow changed the name changed the leadership but continued the work of the of its predecessor and uh, since then it was uh, 1992 when we were established by uh, another law uh, since then we operate as an arbitration center for both for domestic di disputes and international arbitration uh, we have a big caseload from domestic disputes mostly commercial arbitration and uh, we have some some cases from the international one and uh, it, the, the arbitration it's also a very interesting topic uh, and it, it's more more uh, similar to common court proceedings than than uh, domain name ADR of course yeah. but still it's uh, supposed not to be too formal it's supposed to be uh, way easier for the parties to to engage in the arbitration uh, and to you know tell their story uh, it has some 
some something in common with me mediation that the arbitrators are arbitrators are trying to settle the parties instead of uh, you know have the huge fights over who is right and who is not so I, I really like the system and I believe in arbitra arbitration, especially in commercial uh, commercial contracts, because uh, in Czech Republic we unfortunately have a history of consumer disputes in arbitration, which is, I, I believe, not perfect. Uh, so it, it didn't help uh, the arbitration very much here. And now it's it's gone, we don't do consumer disputes anymore. But uh, so the public has some different ideas than, than it should have. <laughs> but um, I believe in it and, and I'm happy that I'm able to work on this. And at what point did the arbitration court decide to get into domain names? How did that happen? Well, it was another predecessor of mine, Teresa. Uh, you probably didn't uh, no. meet her, but uh, sh she and her colleagues and the board, of course, uh, decided that uh, they will cooperate with URIT uh, at the time for .eu domain name dispute resolution. That was the first uh, domain name dispute resolution that Czech Arbitration Court started mm. in, in back in 2004. And we were the first provider for for .eu uh, ADR and for a long time we were the, the sole provider yeah. and a few years back WIPO became, became the second provider uh, for .eu ADR and uh, I believe it was a caseload of work to, to start it from the scratch here uh, but it was because uh, Czech Arbitration Court was among the first ones in the world who started online arbitration. That means that uh, we have a possibility to run whole arbitration online with no personal oral hearings and uh, with online uh, case file, etc. And maybe that started the idea that the domain name ADR is really similar. You have online case file, you have no uh, oral hearings at all, but uh, you, everything goes through a website and um, that's very easy to you know to to run such disputes all around the world and maybe that's sparkled the idea we may be good in uh, domain name adr and we was were so lucky that uh, Eurit cooperated with us or the eu institutions cooperated with us and wanted us to be the provider and then we started the eu adr and there was a big uh, uh, caseload from the beginning uh, in .eu and that sparkled the idea that we may be also be eligible to to uh, decide uh, UDRP cases and then I can licensed us or gave us permission to be a provider in 2009 so we have like over 10 years of history 13 years now yeah actually I remember when when the Czech arbitration court started doing this and I don't know, maybe you know a bit uh, better, but it seemed that it started very slowly. And mm -hmm. you had very few cases at the yes. beginning, but since then it has grown exponentially. Yes, that uh, is true. How, how was the process? I mean, I don't, you were not working there, there, but like, can you tell me a bit about how... I don't know, because in my mind, it seems that if it starts slowly, it can be discouraging. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how, do you know a bit about how that was? Yeah, well, at the time we had only one case manager and it was Teresa, so she was also deputy of the secretary and she was a case manager, so I believe she had a lot of work. Uh, but we had about 30 cases a year in UDRP, which is a very small amount when you compare it to uh, now we have about 600 cases and WIPO has 4,000 4, cases. Mm. So uh, when you compare the 30 small cases to this, it, it might have been discouraging. But we had uh, also the .eu ADR and uh, there from the beginning that there was a big caseload because uh, of the sunrise uh, period and, and sunrise cases, which is when, when the domain name started to be uh, to be registered and uh, and uh, you you could um, uh, sue the registrar for for the domain name. It was a big big caseload, and uh, then the, the EU domain names started to fall. Now we have about. 60 cases a year, it's not that big a caseload, but the UDRP started to raise uh, slowly and we were 
or at the time we were hyperactive, so we also tried to start uh, .cz ADR in Czech Republic. <laughs> so I believe there was so much work that nobody even thought, oh, hey, I need more cases in UDRP. Because so it was, it was <laughs> like a combination of, like, you had all of these things going on at the same yeah. time. But it also, I imagine that there was, like, support from the board. It's like, yeah. no, this is like a long-term project. It's not something we expect to see results tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, there had to be because uh, it cost a lot, lot of money to start the websites, the, the uh, platforms for domain name ADR and to pay the people and all, all the translations for EU. It's very complicated because you have to run the disputes in all uh, official languages of EU, which is, I believe, 23 uh, at, at this time. So. It, it cost a lot of money, a lot of effort, so the board had to be really patient because at first it didn't even, it wasn't even, you know, making any money. It was, it was like maybe in 10 years, so now it's happening, now it's, <laughs> <laughs> now it's okay. Yeah. But that, they had to believe that that is awesome that uh, we had uh, so much support from the leadership of Czech Arbitration Court. And Like, I don't know uh, about your experience, but usually when I tell people that I do domain names, it's something that, because you use you use domain names in your daily life, like everyone has an experience about it, which usually doesn't happen with, like, my other part of the job. Like, so this connection that people have, like, it makes it easier for them to understand. And it's easier to explain to people. And when you do, like, they're more, they're curious and they want to learn more. Is that your your experience as well? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I um, Because I had so many colleagues and friends from university and nobody knew about domain name ADR because we have no, um, we are not learning it at, at university, of course. And But every time I said that I'm doing this, they were like curious, What what is it? Uh, how is it working? Is it? really online you can sue someone from <laughs> China to, to give you the domain name and I said well you have to have trademark rights it's not so easy but they were like <laughs> <laughs> they were like really uh, into it and uh, um, I I tried to publish articles in Czech Republic to get the people know about this and from this panel meeting for example what I learned is that we need to be more seen and, and to do uh, Uh, to to present articles and present ourselves uh, more abroad as well, which is, I know that, so uh, I will have to start with that as well. No, I mean, I usually, I mean, I started, I became a panelist, I think in 2017, mm -hmm. and the Czech Arbitration Court has been really good to me. <laughs> uh, it was the one that gave me the, the first experience as a panelist, And because of that, like, it's close to my heart. And I am usually, like, doing outreach. And it seems that people are not familiar with it, even people within the industry, which is a bit, it's a bit strange. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's because they're biased to certain, I don't know. But I usually do that. And the benefits that I tell them is, is cheaper and it tends to be faster. And I don't know, like, I think that there's a lot of things that can be done in that area, like to raise awareness. Yes, I, I believe so. And I will try to do that. That's <laughs> another, you know, I have another. You have many, many things in your. <laughs> <laughs> another thing I may get into. Uh, but you are correct. And a lot of our panelists try to do this job, you know, to, to tell their clients and their friends. Uh, there is Czech Arbitration Court, you may not have heard about it because it's smaller than WIPO or Forum, but it's it's fast, it's cheap, it, it has good service and uh, online platform. Uh, so I know a lot of them uh, get to the situation when their clients believe that, uh, for example, WIPO has a bigger name, so it's better to file there. Uh, but uh, usually when they try, Uh, our services, they are, they are happy. Yeah, okay. I have a great feedback, actually. Uh, of course, with some, uh, with some 
worst ones, but it happens when you decide cases. Sometimes it's, the decision is not what the client wants. You know, it may happen. So it's very rough business. Uh, even in arbitration, I get with it that there is always one party that loses if they are not settling, of course, which is preferable. But one party is losing and, and the losing party usually doesn't look at the at it that way that it was a good service and everything went smoothly, but they they lost. Yeah. That's hard. That's the hard part about the, this job. And uh, you were talking about like earlier about uh, a promotion that you recently had. So you were working in domain names, yes. but now you have a different role as well, like two two roles. Yeah, I have, <laughs> I have like two. Uh, I, I started uh, working at domain names. I was head of the department. And uh, when uh, I was here for... I, I believe it was two years, uh, the board of the Czech Arbitration Court changed because there are something like election each three years and, and that was the time. And the current president uh, went into the office and he, he uh, proposed me the possibility to be a secretary of the Czech Arbitration Court, which is uh, on a day-to-day -day basis the, the higher function, highest function here. And uh, of course, he said, there are some disadvantages uh, for you. You are young, you don't have so many experience. But uh, he told me, I, I have this experience with leadership. I know how to lead people and I will teach you if you want to. So he is another mentor of mine. And um, his uh, predecessor was uh, Professor uh, Maria Karfikova, who was my another mentor and and she helped me also a lot because uh, i knew her from school because she was a uh, head of uh, financial financial law uh, at Uni charles university and then she became a president at the czech arbitration court so uh, i had so many great people that are able to help me with this that i was not so afraid only a little bit <laughs> to you know to to get this role because this is not um very lawyerish position. I, of course, do law every day, but it's small amount. I'm not uh, drafting any uh, contracts. I'm not deciding the cases. I, I uh, give procedural help to uh, arbitrators, the same as I do to panelists. And when a panelist doesn't know anything or knows but needs some advice how other panelists does it, uh, he writes to me and I say, yeah, yeah, that's, that's normal. Or I would prefer it this way or something and it's same in the arbitration area uh, but the newest thing for me was the leadership of the, of the people i have yeah. uh, 12 employees here and i uh, have to we have to do the day-to-day -day work and i i have to be something like a manager to them and that was that was a you know hard task Uh, at first, and I'm still learning, to be honest. Uh, I'm still trying to do my best and still not doing the best I can. <laughs> But, you know, uh, we are learning every day, so <laughs> I hope one day. So how do you... Because, like, in my experience, you are also, like, really involved in, in domain names and really hands-on. How do you balance, like, the work that you do here, like, the, the two hats that you have? Like, how do you find time to balance the two roles? Yeah, well, sometimes I have to, you know, delegate the the, uh, the things I have to do to someone else. And I have great teams. I have great team in ADR, uh, which you have met uh, on the panelist meeting. And I also have the same great team in arbitration. So uh, they help me a lot. I And that's one, one thing I had to learn. And I am still not very good at it, uh, but to, uh, you know really take some some parts of your job and uh, give it to someone else whose job it should be not that you are overloading them but you know to have the posi positions and to let go you know only give them advice only help them but not not micromanage any anything because i, I used to do that i used to uh, try to do everything and and see everything and read everything and it was overwhelming so I'm starting to learn to delegate those things and uh, to guide the people but not to you know look under their hands what they are doing uh, just more 
give them the freedom to do it themselves uh, and come to advice if they need it. And it's it's big task for me right now <laughs> to learn this. And uh, well, that's great because like I also people often ask me like how do you do so many things and when I'm doing them I don't. I don't realize, I just do them. <laughs> But I think that it's also a bit about what you were saying, like just learning to like to be better at how you use your time. Yes. Like all the time. Yes, and I'm very very family person. Uh, I, I love to spend time with my partner. I, lo I love to spend time with my family and with my friends. So I need to balance it because... Uh, otherwise, I would I would be able to work all days and weekends and stuff. But work never I, ends. Like you can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't be happy, uh, of course. So, I have to balance the, these two things as well, and then it can be hard, but uh, I try. Uh, another thing, going back to the main names, uh, is that during the during this uh, panelist meeting, we talked about you talked about uh, the increasing figures uh, in cases which have been increasing for some time already. And some of the factors maybe include the pandemic, uh, that a lot of things migrated online and it's more active. But you were also saying that a big, that uh, the biggest percentage job in cases from all of the service providers was uh, the Czech arbitration court. What do you attribute this to? Well, I hope it's uh, the quality of the service, but of course, There can be so many factors. As you said, we are the cheapest provider uh, regarding to the uh, filing fee. And we try to be the fastest or as fast as we can. Of course, uh, a lot of providers uh, have a different approach to the case management. And uh, we, of course, since we have not so, so great uh, numbers, we still have 600 cases, we are able with the case admins who are uh, great workers and great people to really, you know, keep the proceedings going. And uh, uh, therefore we are also fast. And, uh, and I learned it on this panelist meeting and also before from some uh, of the complainants that it is big advantage because they sometimes really need Uh, need the fast resolution because uh, you know now uh, a lot of cases are not just the um, uh, parking pages which is you know you have a domain name and you put a, a commercial ad there and and trying to make some money on, on the confusing uh, the clients of the trademark owner with your uh, own domain but now uh, the um, some hit is uh, the phishing websites and other uh, cyber criminal uh, activities which uh, for example financial institutions like banks uh, and somebody uh, registers domain name very similar to their name and and try to uh, to uh, gain the user details from from the bank clients which is terrible for the bank so they need the fastest resolution uh, of the dispute as they can get and uh, UDRP is uh, great in that and also uh, we have another system URS which is uh, faster uh, than UDRP a bit but uh, it doesn't apply to .com uh, dispute which, which is the biggest caseload we have is .com still so uh, I believe that they are they, they really appreciate that, that, that the case doesn't take uh, very long in those in those, in those areas and, and we have also great panelists so if the panelist sees there is such a case there's that's a fishing case for example they deliver the decision very quickly and uh, still in very great quality so that's also the part of this yeah actually i think i gave a presentation in the in the online panelist meeting last year yeah on this on the yes. increase because there the, i've seen i don't know if it's the cases that i get but i've seen like an increase in this type of like fraud-like cases. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, and I think that for that reason, I think that what you're saying is totally true. Like you need something fast, like to solve the issue. And, yes. uh, and it's a good vehicle to use the UDRP to tackle those cases. Mm. Um, and talking about some of the plans for the, so your tenure as a head of dispute has been really successful so far. <laughs> Like what are some of the plans that you have for like the next uh, the next five years? 
Yes. Well, now we are uh, working on new platforms. We are modernizing it a bit. Uh, and uh, we launched UDRP platform, uh, the new one. And still we are working on .eu and .cz because uh, with EU there is the, the work uh, with the translations, as I mentioned. And uh, that's that's part of it. We, we try to be modern and, and try to help the users as, as uh, best as we can. So that's that's one part of the job. Uh, of course, we will need to uh, prepare uh, some uh, uh, promotional uh, plan <laughs> for the next next few years because, as you said in in the panelist meeting, uh, we get a lot of feedback that maybe a lot of uh, clients or a lot of people don't know about us, even though they would use our services if they knew. So that's also a plan, which is quite new <laughs> uh, from yesterday's meeting. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also uh, at the meeting yesterday, we were we were talking about the possibility of CAC preparing some overview of the decisions or, or some commentary to the decisions, which is um, which is standing on several factors. Uh, if uh, I can decide that it wants uh, all providers jointly to prepare something like that, or uh, if not, uh, if other providers other than WIPO will be willing to cooperate on something like that, uh, because it's a, a load of work and the WIPO overview is working very well for everybody. So I'm not even sure if it's necessary to have another overview, maybe some few comments or some cases that are not included in the overview because we had some interesting cases which we men mentioned uh, yesterday as well uh, some uh, cases about the content of the domain name dispute uh, domain name site that uh, that may be relevant for uh, for the decisions and uh, it's not so much included in the Viper overview so maybe we will go this way only prepare a short you know, memo about about those cases. I don't know, but it's a plan, and I know it's ambitious. But I hope we will be able to to work on that. And like you're talking about some of the other service providers, like in your role, do you do you look at what other service providers are doing, like to to perhaps like inspire you to do something or to change something or to or to say no we don't want to do that like that's not good like how how do you keep uh informed uh about what's going on with your competition which i also think it's is your competition in certain sense but i think that there's also like room to collaborate yeah yeah of course there is uh well i i tend to uh have it in mind and uh, I received newsletters both from WIPO and from the forums to know what's happening of course and those are the biggest providers uh, because we we have the third biggest caseload and uh, there uh, there is a Asian Domain name Dispute Center uh, which I know about because some of our panelists are also part of the Asian Center so I have information from them a, a little bit and new provider is the Canadian Centre, which uh, I confess I don't know much about. But uh, one of uh, our panelists, uh, who is active in the uh, United States, Doug Eisenberg, uh, he is uh, also doing something, it's not like a podcast, he's doing uh, uh, videos on YouTube. Yeah, actually, I saw that he, he talked to you also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. And uh, uh, he made these interviews with, uh, with all other providers. So I learned a lot of information from that as well. So it's perfect that we have so many active panelists as you are uh, that that you prepare this uh, you know th these interviews and something else that I I may, may may find because when you look at the website it's informative there is information about UDRP but it's not much about the people in there and and about how it works uh, how is the mood in, in the organization so I learn a lot from this and and I'm kind of grateful that I, I have the ability to, to do that. Yeah, because I think that, uh, I mean, even though, like I said, there's competition, there's a lot of things in common. Yes. And, I mean, no one is going to invent something that, like, someone probably already thought about it. So it would be better if there's, like, more collaboration. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure of that. And maybe it will, it will be, you know... Uh, as I said, I met uh, Rene Fossen in the United States once, and uh, I, I'm sure that when we will start to 
meet again because now the last two and a half years or maybe three years it was uh, crazy because of the COVID. There were no personal meetings at all. We met only online, but now it's starting to be ready again for personal uh, meetings and conferences. And so. it seems that people like really want to meet. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, it's true. They were like uh, very enthusiastic about about this panelist meeting and they like to come to Prague. They, they uh, uh, often like tell me, oh my God, I, I was looking for another opportunity to come to Prague. But also they like to meet in person. It's so great, you know, for me, the first panelist meeting, the the best experience was that I was writing emails to all of you and I knew you from the email but I was never yeah. connecting the face. And, and now when I met you personally, it's, it's you know, so much lighter to write an email to you. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. so great. I, I love it. I love the experience of meeting uh, the panelists uh, personally. So Yeah, actually, like, that is completely true. And I remember the first panelist meeting, like last, the, your first panelist meeting, I remember I was a bit nervous about meeting some of my colleagues because I'm like, I, I don't know them. But like, to, like yesterday, it was like so much easier because I already know them. Yeah. Like I, I've exchanged emails with them, like messages on LinkedIn, and they know what I'm doing. I know what they're doing. I've met them, and it's so much easier. Yeah, it's great. It's a great gr group of people. I always like you know, the jokes, and it's a very light atmosphere, and and I love it. I enjoy it very much. And you were also. I told you that I was teaching, and you told me that that's also something that that you do. Uh, can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, well, I don't teach anymore because a part you don't have of time, my like you're very busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of my uh, doctorate studies, I was internal uh, doctorate student. That meant I was part of the of the university. I was at the department of criminal law, and I worked there uh, basically. Uh, even though I was studying, I, I was I was part-time you know uh, the the teacher there and uh, also we had a great uh, people and they trusted us even though we were very young and um, we didn't have so much uh, experience but they wanted to we wanted us to teach from the experience so uh, or we wanted us to learn from the experience and and we get to teach our own class of criminal law so I had during the years I had like five classes, I believe, and uh, it was a great experience. I, I loved it, actually, uh, the exchange of the energy be between me and students. And my first ever class was, was great. There were students and they were really talkative and they were answering my questions. And they uh, somehow we were almost the same age. I was like four or five years older than them. But uh, we had a great energy together, and it was it was great. I, I loved it. And uh, then I uh, I was so enthused about it that I said I want to be a, a college professor. A professor. I will stay here. <laughs> I, I will I will be college professor. And then I had been another semester, or maybe it was like two were great. And then I had one class, and the energy wasn't there. I don't know why. What happened? But it wasn't. Nobody answered my question. <laughs> I, I, I always came there. It was like horror. I, I said something and I was... They didn't have even facial expressions so much. Maybe it, it is because I, uh, this class was, uh, I believe, uh, early in the morning and I'm, <laughs> I'm not the morning person myself. But uh, then I, I said, maybe it's not so, so great. And I talked to my colleagues and he said, yeah, it happens. Uh, I have two classes, one from 4 p.m. and second from 6 p.m. And the one from 4 p.m. is amazing. I love it. And the one from 6 p.m. is like... You know, cemetery there. <laughs> so uh, I was okay. Okay, it may happen. And then uh, COVID came, and uh, I started to have my classes online. And I had two two seminars online to do uh, uh, in criminal law, and I didn't like that at all. Uh, actually, um, I didn't feel the energy uh, in the room, and that really prevented me from doing a good job. Uh, actually, I, I was a little disappointed in myself because I always thought that uh, I'm very responsible person in this uh, way, and I, I'm preparing the materials and for the students. But uh, somehow, through the semester, I got less and less enthused about it. And then I prepared less and less the materials and stuff. And I, I said, that's not what I want to do at all. So that's when I 
unfortunately stopped uh, giving courses because I uh, also uh, finished my thesis and uh, I finished my doctorate, uh, doctorate uh, career <laughs> and uh, and uh, I didn't pursue the possibility to stay at the department because uh, there were great people and they even told me they, they would be happy if I applied but I did not because I thought uh, I have so, so much on my plate of course that's one thing and the second thing is that maybe I will have a seminar when I get the energy as well as I give it but maybe I won't and that's not what I need at, at this moment right now I need to concentrate on my, on my work uh, which is also challenging and maybe in future I, I cannot say I, I won't do it because I'm a talkative person and I like <laughs> I like the exchange of the energy so maybe maybe in the future it awaits me we will see <laughs> and so now you're like here it seems like you have a bright future here but like do you do you feel like oh maybe i should go back to criminal law or that's <laughs> gone <laughs> yeah yes yeah, sometimes I, i have a great friend and we studied together and she is actually uh, uh studying or she made the exams recently to become a judge because in, in czech republic you have to after you finish your studies you have a three years practice And then you may uh, do the exams, which are very hard exams. And when you do them, you may apply to be a judge. And then you, you need to be selected and uh, nominated by the president of the republic. So but you have to do that requirement. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. You, you, you have to meet all those requirements. And uh, she passed the tests recently uh, to become a criminal judge. And uh, we always like dreamt of, of this together. Uh, And she she said that, uh, you know, it's kind of a betrayal from me not to go all the way to ADR and, and stop being a criminal law uh, student and criminal law career maker. And uh, she said that when we were at the, I, I don't remember it actually, but <laughs> when we were young and she said, why, why do you want uh, to be the criminal judge? What do you think? And uh, what do you think it will happen for you? Or why is that? And I said, who else but us? <laughs> I said, like, that I believed in uh, in us, uh, that, that we will be, you know, uh, doing a good job. <laughs> that I said that to her and she said, that's what drove me all those years. <laughs> who else but me, you know? <laughs> if, if I'm so disappointed in, in some decisions of the judges, then I need to be judged to do it, uh, do a good job myself. And I was like, okay, <laughs> sorry for that. <laughs> I'm doing another thing, but maybe one day it's still there. It's still in my heart somewhere. And uh, I hope I would be able to do a good job if I did it. So we will see. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lenka, it has been great talking to you. Thank you for sharing a bit about your journey. Uh, and thank you for hosting us at the Arbitration Court. Well, thank you, Rodolfo, so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure. And thank you for coming to Prague. And see you at another panelist meeting, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. This was the Rodolfo Rivas project. I hope you loved it. And you dig it.